Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Arctic Edge, 70 degrees south, is a thrilling journey to the bottom of the earth alongside a team of dedicated scientists in the wake of devastating climate events like Superstorm Sandy and Hurricane Katrina. Oceanographer Oscar Schofield teams up with a group of world-class researchers in a race to understand climate change in the fastest winter warming place on earth. That's the West Arctic Peninsula. We are joined today by the director of this wonderful documentary called Arctic Edge, 70 Degrees South, and that would be Dina Seidel. Dina, welcome to film school. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Excuse me. Thank you so much for this uh, wonderful work that you've done here with this documentary, Arctic Edge, 70 Degrees South. Tell me a little bit about how this came to you, this project came to you, and your and decision to make a commitment to it. Yeah, thank you. So I uh, actually direct the film program at Rutgers University, and I had made uh, another feature film with uh, oceanographers um, a few years back called Atlantic Crossing. And one of those oceanographers uh, is the oceanographer who's most featured in Antarctic Edge. His name is Oscar Schofield. So I came to learn of Oscar's work in Antarctica as part of the National Science Foundation's Long-Term Ecological Research Project. And I knew this was incredibly important work. It was it was uh, you know, globally recognized work, and it was it was just um, very important work for the National Science Foundation, a group of uh, an interdisciplinary team of scientists looking at the changing ecosystem along the West Antarctic Peninsula, the fastest winter warming place on Earth. And I thought, is there any way we could make a story about what they're doing, uh, what they're doing, the kind of research they're doing off the West Antarctic Peninsula? So Oscar and I. Um, uh, wrote a grant for the National Science Foundation along with our colleagues here at Rutgers, um, and we were able to get funding uh, for me to direct a feature film there. And I, I went with Chris Linder, um, uh, who's an ice photographer, and we came back with 400 hours of footage, which I then involved my undergraduate film students in, in helping to shape the footage, mm-hmm. so it became a learning model. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, what? when you say why, I just knew that this was in- incredibly important, that the work they're doing is so hard, I also knew it would be terribly dramatic and that, you know, it was kind of a race against time to to try and capture this changing ecosystem because it really was an indicator of larger global climate yeah. changes and uh, it was part of a larger global system. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a fantastic documentary in that regard. Um, th- one of the great things about your work, this work, here, uh, is that... Uh, it's it's there's nothing um it's very scientific but it's also very accessible and um one of the ways i think that you know people can point to documentaries and films and sort of try to discredit them is they 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 come across as more uh, didactic and they sound like they have an agenda going in but this your film does not arctic uh, edge does not have that um, it's it's very, I'd say methodical is the wrong word, but it's certainly very specific about laying out the information uh, in a very accessible way. So uh, congratulations on, on the presentation, but I couldn't agree more. I, I mean, the, the, every time I see something about the, 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 pro, the uh, what's going on, especially in the Antarctica, uh, it, 
it just it's such a an alarm um what what has been the reaction i'm just curious in terms of uh people who have seen um arctic edge are, so are you, I, I would say that you know the reason it's not didactic is because it's a story it's a story about right. people and what they do right. and and their day-to-day challenges in a very you know difficult and uh, extreme environment trying to collect uh data about a changing ecosystem, and, and the scale is just so extreme. It's so hard to collect enough data to really measure this changing ecosystem. They're alone, you know, on this on this research vessel. We've never, there had never been cameras making a film on that ship uh, ever before. It right. was unbelievable access that I got through, you know, my longstanding trusting relationships with these scientists, and and that's that was what was really uh, special. It's a journey. It's the the journey of their of their research voyage and. Um, because of that, it's just what it is, and therefore it, it's not didactic. Um, yeah. You know, they they personally know why this matters to them. We put it in the context of global climate change, obviously, uh, and it is a call to action in that way. But my, I'm a I'm a filmmaker and I'm a storyteller, so I, I I am not somebody who has an agenda. Although, of course, when I'm there and I see what they're doing, I'm personally very concerned. But I know that people are that a, a larger audience is going to relate more through story and art than through um, you know some sort of intense messaging. But that's just not what I do anyway. I'm a filmmaker and I direct a film program right. that leads with story and cinematography and character development and all of that. So um, what has the reaction been? Uh, really, very very um, very very positive to the making of the film. Also, just the, the model of making the film as part of a, a you know undergraduate film program, and it, it wound up becoming the the learning model for the the first film major at Rutgers University that I designed, right. and um, so, but but I would say the um, you know there at the end people are saying what can we do, and there, there's a sense of urgency that it is urgent, and to see that the scientists are very human they're they're sacrificing a great deal of their lives and uh, to get this research and I think it, it certainly humanizes scientists and and shows how we need to. Keep just by virtue of having access to their world, uh, shows how important it is to continue funding this type of research. Um, you know, I think uh, people want to know afterwards what, what can they do to make a change, because you can feel a little bit helpless, right? Yeah. Because look what we've got going. Climate change is not going to stop. But science and supporting science and understanding our change is, is the only way we're going to m- mitigate um, what's going to happen and we have to we do have to work together and, and make changes yeah and I, I let's go back over some of the the I failed to ask really get into the story they're actually down there's a peninsula that uh is under uh sort of scientific investigation the the west antarctica uh antarctic pardon me peninsula which has been studied for a long time but um Tell us a little bit about the context of this, as I said in the opening, this fast, this research. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. the fastest winter warming place on Earth, as has been described. That's right, right. So the, the West Antarctic Peninsula has experienced an 11 degrees Fahrenheit increase over the last 50 years. That's six times faster than the, the, global, the average global warming. And the, so the sea ice uh, that would normally form in the winter months around the West Antarctic Peninsula has um, in the last, you know, twenty some years decreased by three months, ninety days, and um, that sea ice doesn't change sea level rise. It's really, you know, the glacier melt that changes sea level rise. But what lack of sea ice does is it dramatically changes the, the ecosystem. And particularly, we're looking at the Adelie penguin population around Palmer. They really are the 
um, the greatest barometer of change for this, this scientific team that um, in the last 30 years, that population has declined by almost 90%, and they anticipate that that population of Adelie penguins around um, the Palmer Research Station, uh, which is a very small research station from where our voyage begins, mm-hmm. um, that, that those penguins will be gone in five to ten years. And, and so this particular voyage is a voyage of a, a, a research team that goes on a, a ship um, uh, that it, it's, a, it's a month-long research voyage along the peninsula, and as they're going farther down the peninsula, it's getting colder, and for them, it's as though they're going back in time uh, to an environment which was more um, similar to all of Antarctica, you know, further north when, you know, 30 years before in the northern part of the peninsula. So you're really, you're really feeling this, this extreme change during that during that month, and they go to three different penguin co- colonies looking at um, uh, islands, looking at, at the penguin colonies on three different islands, and the, the last one is the hardest to get to, and um, there, there's a lot of drama around reaching that, that penguin colony. Yeah. Um, so so what, you've got a team of ten different science groups looking at different parts of the ecosystem, collecting all this information, and then they put it all together, and this is, over, this is now a 24-year study. Um, and, and they've been able to see, uh, being able to document really an extreme change um, for this, for this uh, ecosystem and peninsula. Without the sea ice, the Adelie penguins uh, don't survive because they're sea ice dependent. The amount of sea ice affects the amount of uh, krill, which the penguins depend on. It affects the uh, amount of phytoplankton, which are the, you know, the, um, the ocean plants that are right. the base of the, of the food web there. So it, it, it's really, really fascinating, enormously complicated, and um, uh, again, this is a research that's been going on for, for 24 years, and, and nobody had access to, to spending, you know, living with these scientists for uh, the six weeks that I got to live with them. Yeah, that that is, again, another fascinating aspect of uh, Arctic Edge, uh, 70 Degrees South. Uh, the film, and by the way, you're in. T- are you in town today? So you're here for an I open am. You're mm-hmm. opening, and it's going to be. Tell us where it's going to be playing, and you'll. It sounds like you'll be at a screening for screenings for some Q and A. Tell us a little bit. about Yeah, that. that's right. So tonight is our West Coast theatrical premiere at the Lemley Music Hall, mm-hmm. and um, I will be there at, at seven o'clock. As will Zania Morin, who is our co-producer, and we will be there to um, to answer questions. Um, and it's being sponsored by the Los Angeles. World Affairs Council. That's a terrific uh, theater complex, uh, and and it has a, such a great connection to um, the world of independent film documentaries. Uh, they have a great crowd, so um, it should be a great evening. So again, at the Music Hall, which is sort of, it says L.A., but it's kind of Beverly Hills, L.A. It's on Wilshire Boulevard there. Uh, nice, beautiful spot. So you're there for the screening at 7... I'm there at 7 tonight. I'll also be there tomorrow at Saturday at 7 o'clock. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, uh, going back to uh, Arctic Edge, uh, 70 degrees south, the, uh, the, one of the, as you walk through, as we go through this film, we get to see this um, chain of life, if you will, going from the krill and, the, and all the different creatures that are part of this food chain and how fragile that connection is between. Uh, what's happening with the the, the loss of uh, the the ice, uh, the along with it, uh, an acidification? Is it correct to see the acidification of the um, of the water around, or it, it's what is the effect of? Let's record a little bit of science here. The wa- this fresh water or this ice melting into the ocean. What is the impact? The immediate impact it's having 
on the on the uh, ecosystem. Right. So we're not at least this particular team is not looking at glacier runoff. It's looking um, so when sea ice is is the sea water. Yeah. You know the this, the ocean water when it freezes. So it it's not fresh water. Right. It's still right. It's the same water. What um, what they're seeing is they're they're looking at a lot of uh, things as. Um, you know, as this area is warming, it's affecting a, a lot of different things. It has it affects um, upwelling of nutrients in the in the uh, ocean when there's less sea ice. The the um, the winds mix the ocean surface, and so the phytoplankton, which are the you know the base of the food web, um, their phytoplankton blooms can be disturbed, which then affects the feeding of the krill. Um, the phytoplankton play a big part in pulling carbon out of the atmosphere, um, and so. Uh, Oscar Schofield is a phytoplankton mm-hmm. uh, specialist, so it, it's it's really it's really quite complicated. And the film touches on um, uh, carbon transport and uh, as part of uh, as part of looking at this system. And that was an important. They look at a lot of things, but that was for me the best way to connect the biology on the ship to the larger issue of um, climate change, as you know, CO two in the atmosphere and how does it how uh, does it get absorbed back into the ocean and actually get stored at the bottom of the ocean and, and how the animals play a role in that? And so um, there were all kinds of scientific angles one could look at, but after a year of trying to put this together and figuring out how to communicate the science best to a large audience, we went back to, to climate change. And I, I, what was really important to me is, is for the, the larger public to understand that the changes in Antarctica are directly connected to global climate changes yeah. around the world, that what's going on in Antarctica is related to sea level rise along the west coast of New Jersey or the coast of California. Right. That um, we that the oceans are that we have one ocean system, and um, that we're all interconnected. And and so that's why that's why we should care. And I had I had gotten feedback that you know there's a lot of great documentaries about beautiful documentaries about change in the Arctic or the Antarctic at the poles. But most people um, see them get it and then say it doesn't have any it doesn't mean anything to me here in America. Mm-hmm. Well actually it does. And yeah. so that was really, really important for me to connect the changes that, that we're seeing in, in Antarctica to to the, to our lives uh, back here in the US or Europe and, and to know that that you know this is all uh, this is all we're all connected in this and that's why we need to be supporting climate change research really every everywhere. We're speaking with Dina Sanel, the uh, director and cinematographer, and uh, you were a jack-of-all-trades in this film. Uh, the, the film is Arctic West, 70 Degrees South. Um, and I'm I, watching the film. I mean, there's the there's sort of the relatable factor of the, uh, for a lot of people, they love penguins, so the, the, the plight of the uh, Adelie penguins is certainly something easy to understand. But for me, the sort of the scientific... Um, area that you explore in the film that scares me the most is the impact of this loss, uh, this loss of uh, the possible loss of the currents, uh, or the um. effect this could have on the currents that essentially power the oceans of the world. And there's one particular current that circulates around Antarctic. The Antarctic that that, right. that mm-hmm. is uh, particularly Antarctic circumpolar current. Yeah, yeah it's particularly frightening because uh, I know that if there's any change in the currents that um, in the North Atlantic, which would have a tremendous impact on Europe if it were to slow down or be altered in some way, and that to me is the crux 
uh, in so many ways that's not really talked about or not fully understood is when the ocean currents begin to change, uh, it will come fast and furious uh, in terms of uh, the effect on climate change. Yeah, so um, now we're getting into really complex global ocean physics, right? And, oh, I know. And, <laughs> yes. No, the truth is, so the, the team that I'm with, right, they're looking at, at the biology. Uh, the, those on the ship are, are yeah. Ocean, yeah, you're... oceanographers, they're biologists. But, but part of that scientific team, they work with uh, a team of um, uh, physical oceanographers that are looking at currents, and they are modeling both locally and, and globally. Yeah. So everything is, is absolutely connected. And yes, that is a fear. And, and in the film, we, we do touch on, uh, you know, Os- Oscar talks about how if, if um, uh, you know, if, if the water is warm enough, there is this fear that the currents will slow down, and as currents slow down, they'll, they'll be able to pull less carbon out of the out of the um, uh, atmosphere, but that's obviously just one thing that would happen, yeah. right? Our, basically, our, our weather, um, what, what is life on Earth is in large part dependent on this, what's called the thermohaline circulation system. It, it's the kind of, you know, circulation system of the planet that is, is the currents yeah. that go through our, our global ocean network. So, um, I mean, I think one thing that was really important for me as an idea is, is the importance of ocean. Yeah. And and people don't, you know, people think of oceans, they think of beach and shape lounge, and they don't realize, you know, life, so much of life on this planet is, is dependent on on uh, on what's going on in the ocean. And and the ocean is, again, driving our weather. It's collecting 90% of the sun's heat, right? So all this heat is going into the ocean, and and that is, is changing everything. And, and we have to really pay attention to that and support uh um, ocean science in that way, but you know, again, um, yeah. uh, I love I love that all this narrative is told also just through the, the yeah. group, of, the community of these scientists who are very likable, and also the sort of um, fascination for me of uh, ship culture. I actually have a degree in anthropology, and so yeah. um, I found just the ship culture and and the camaraderie of this group of people that have to work together work together so well. Um, yeah. under such extreme and tiring uh, circumstances, and they have a lot of humor. Yeah, um, yeah. so that, that's, I think, a big, that's a big attraction to the film. People comment on how likable the scientists are and how funny they are and what really kind of a crazy lifestyle it is. Yeah, and I and I I think I've done a disservice to you and to to the film by not emphasizing that a little more. It is truly about you're right the interaction of the the different people on board, as one of them says, it's kind of a geek. What did he call it? A uh, a geek summer camp for nerds. Summer yeah, camp for nerds, and it is that. And you're right. And we we get to see um, them in the field with the um, studying the penguins and on. You're right on board, and this remarkable enterprise this ship is uh traversing the some of the most inhospitable um water in the world uh with uh, a massive amount of equipment as one one of them said you've got the combination of really large equipment really uh, uh expensive and fragile and we've got to make it work and uh i mean it, it's quite a challenge and to watch all of that interaction and watch it work is a remarkable part of uh, Arctic Edge. Just one last question for you. Uh, how long were you on board? I mean, what was this sort of uh, the... You had not been on this, in this kind of an environment before. No, I'd never uh, been to Antarctica, and I was there for six weeks. Six weeks, okay. Uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, and I'm sure it's a, a life-changing experience just to see 
uh, that that part of the world uh, and up close and personal. I, I can't even imagine what that would have been. I, I, like. Right, and I would say more life-changing was just living in that culture. I mean, just yeah. I really felt like I was on Mars. And um, yeah. and then, you know, at the same time, even though it's sort of scary and, and exhilarating yeah. and um, lonely and all these things, I my biggest... My biggest fear was not being able to come back with enough footage to make a future film. So I was so focused on getting what I needed. And then at the end, I was like, wow, we really did that. Yeah, well, um, yeah. It was really a, an amazing experience, and I'm tremendously grateful to the National Science Foundation and to Rutgers University for allowing, allowing me to do this. Well, I, I'm grateful and thankful that you were able to find some time to be here on Film School, and I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for the film, Arctic Edge, 70 Degrees South uh, film, uh, and the filmmaker, Dina Seidel. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 